Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. And Mr. Birdsall, as usual, whenever we're not recording, some goddamn humongous news story breaks. But before we go into that, before let's go with the formalities of how are you? How are you doing? Very well today, Adam. It's been a, it's been a great day so far. Hopefully all of our listeners can say the same thing. Yeah, it, it, was, um, it was a tremendous day yesterday. I mean, a lot of people, myself included, weren't necessarily surprised that this is how the relationship between player and team ended. But I think the timing of it was a little bit um, precarious. SAT word for you. Precarious. Yes. Strange. Odd. Interesting. So um, I'm looking forward to talking about it because we, we've gotten a lot of questions about Fournette and what do you do with him? Where do you even draft him at this point? Where could he possibly be ending up? What spot could he go to that can provide him with close to the value that he had before he was released by the Jaguars? And, and we'll get into that because, you know, we have two stories today for news and notes. And one, I think it's just going to, kind of unfortunately be glanced over which really it, it shouldn't be because it's another huge story in and of itself but uh the Fournette issue with the Jaguars has kind of taken the cake on on this one because it's uh it's a big story it is it, is. it really is um why well, also I just want to say I hope that our listeners had a lot of fun listening to our draft show on Sunday or Monday or yesterday, whenever you uh, whenever you listen to it, I would but, say odds are people got to it Monday morning. Yeah, I would say so on their way to because work all or all other normal human beings were asleep at eleven o'clock on a Sunday night. It's true. Um, so yeah, it was very fun. I mean, definitely dated. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Well, but, isn't isn't everything yeah. for this podcast that we do eventually dated at yes. some point or another? It's true. Well, I mean, we've said nice things we, about Darius Geis. We've said nice <laughs> things about Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, my God. I, I, I was in the middle of a laugh and a cough. Um, see, were we really saying nice things about Leonard Fournette? We were just saying that he was going to get something. In I the don't Jaguars. think we were saying very nice things about Leonard Fournette. We were saying nice things about Darius Geis. I, I can give you that one. Yeah, completely uh, undeserved. I'll, we'll have to review the tapes. Have to, we'll yeah. have to review the tapes. Completely undeserved now. I'll have to, I'll have to listen to the, um, the RB preview show again, and uh, I'll have to take a look at what I said about Leonard Fournette. Um, and also, if you haven't checked out all those positional preview shows as we are going into our part numero two of the wide receivers today, go check those out especially with drafts because this is big draft week. And then this weekend is the big draft weekend of the year. Yes. Cause it's a so, week before, I mean, the season's in two weeks. Holy shit. Crazy. Not even, yeah. not even a week and a half. Yep. Thursday, Thursday is a week. Oh my God. Thursday we're a week away. It still doesn't feel that way. No, no, it really doesn't. It feels like we're still in June. It feels like we're in March. 
That too. Quite honestly. Can you imagine like we're in a we're at a Groundhog Day style time loop, and we've just <laughs> we're, we're in a hot tub time machine, Adam. Oh my God. Hey. Well, that's today, not a. Today is the first meteorological day of fall. I don't know if you knew that. So I thought 1st. it was. Really, I the, thought it was. The equinox is the twentieth, yeah. but meteorologically speaking, today is the first day of fall. So what's the difference? Between no idea. Okay. I couldn't tell you. I just saw it on the news yesterday that today is the technical meteorological first day of fall. Sure, whatever. Oh, I mean, I'm loving it. I mean, it's you want to I play the, God? And I go have against... the windows open right now. I have the fan on nice and light. I got a t shirt on. I got my I got some shorts on. I am just living large. I mean, you want to play God and go up against the moon and the sun and earth? Then go off, meteorologists. But well, I am I, I am I am God's favorite son. So anyway, so let's just move on. No rebuttal. Notes. No, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even touching that. Uh, oh God. Yeah. No. Crazy thing. Also, uh, the Jewish holidays are coming up, and like it's so weird. True. True. It's very weird. Like we're not going to synagogue at all. No. Like no, not I even wouldn't. close. It's nice though, because then I don't have to wear a suit. I don't have to sit in a room for like three hours so what's first it's rosh hashanah mm-hmm. yom kippur mm-hmm. then passover well hanukkah i mean you're going like pretty oh, far hanukkah. I'm, I'm 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 so stupid i meant going to say from hanukkah. october to april i'm so stupid i meant <laughs> nothing to say hanukkah. in between i meant to say hanukkah i'm so stupid <laughs> it's okay oh that was a moment <laughs> anyway big piece of news and notes at uh that we teased yeah, leading up the, into let's get the small one air quotes small one first actually yeah it's no, not let, small it's not small no, it's not small because derwin james will be out for six to eight months after getting surgery on his uh meniscus the meniscus issue quote unquote that we were talking about like it was no big deal on sunday turned out to be very much a big deal yeah my sources exactly told me that that it could be a weekly injury or it could be a monthly absence. And that's exactly what it turned out to be. So, um, you know, prayers up to, to Derwin James. But, you know, if I'm thinking about this from the Chargers perspective, knowing that now their top safety is out. For the season. For the season. I'm putting two and two together. Yeah. They need a safety. There's a safety out there. A top one that can come in and do half the job that Derwin James did. He also plays the two same plus position. Two equals four. Yes. He plays the same position as Derwin James. They're both yes. free safeties. Yes. And that it makes perfect Thomas. sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. It really does. It really, really does. Because, you know, six months is March. Yeah. So, you it's and then that's the minimum. So you're looking at Derwin James not coming back until training camp of the 2021 season for the Chargers here. Yeah. And yeah, I think this really is a good le- like this is the thing the free agents dream about. Well, not injuries, but just a a, a job opening up on a an team. An opportunity. An yeah. opportunity. And I think that 
I mean, it's. I'm sure Earl Thomas is conflicted because you know you don't want to see a uh, a colleague go down with injury. But he's like, wow, this is it. what luck. This is a great opportunity for me. It's a fantastic opportunity, and you know it really just comes down to the Chargers if they do their homework and they and they make the the call that Earl Thomas is right for what they're looking for. You have a like for like replacement there. It's true. It's very true. So. The the second piece of news and notes, which is gargantuan. Yes, this is this is, is the big boy. Is that Leonard Fournette has been waived by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're recording this at eleven forty on Tuesday, and teams have until four o'clock on Tuesday to pick up Leonard Fournette off of waivers, and then after that, he is a free agent who can sign with whoever he wants. Correct. So this was a surprise to me, really, because I was like, well, I was thinking that Leonard Fournette was going to be in for – maybe there was some controversy, but if he played really well in 2020, then he can um, play into a new contract or just hit free agency at the end of the 2020 season because the Jaguars didn't pick up his fifth-year option. But this, the timing of this is very shitty. I mean, you used a lot of eloquent words, but colloquially, I'll say that the timing of this was very shitty. Man of the people, Adam Gaster. Yeah. No, just, knows what they want. Knows what be, they want. Just because this is a sort of, like, if Doug Barone, as people said, you know, if Doug Barone's going to want a clean house, the he's going to wait until a week and a half before week one to cut may, all these he players. He may not have the opportunity to fully clear house. He, he, yeah. he may not last the season as the coach. Yeah. Because the Jaguars are going to be so bad. It's true. Coach, I, interim coach, Jay Gruden. Probably. I, I want to see on my handy-dandy handy book um, what the line is right now for Jaguars wins. Jesus Christ. All right. Over under three and a half wins for the Jaguars. Under. <laughs> you know, I might be tempted to take the over and just say they go four and 12. They probably will go four and 12, something like that. It's funny. After this happened, um, Rich Samini, my favorite Jets beat writer, posted on Twitter. And with the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select. <laughs> they are the heavy betting favorites to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say so. Hey, as long as as long as it's not the Washington football team or the Giants to get the number one overall pick, then I'm okay. Yeah, well, I don't think the Giants are going to get the first overall pick because I, I think they're going to be a lot better than the I do not want Trevor Lawrence in my division. No. Thank you. Well, I'm happy that the Patriots signed. Um, everybody on the, in the AFC East has like a, a solid quarterback situation. So, thankfully, I don't have to worry about Trevor Lawrence being in my division. So, Leonard Fournette. Yeah. The the – Question of what what the hell do you do with Leonard Fournette now? Um, this is something that I've spent the last day or so trying to think about because I knew we'd be talking about this on the podcast today. So my – well, first of all, I will say that 
Leonard Fournette is making $4.4 million this year from his final year of his contract with the Jaguars. There is a grievance being filed about that final year. It's, it's, it's lawyer lingo, so to speak. Let's say Leonard Fournette clears waivers, which by all accounts he's going to because Doug Marone basically said they are willing to trade him for a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, anything you could think of, and nobody took that on because nobody wanted to take the $4 million salary, the 4.4, should I say, to be completely exact, of Leonard Fournette. Nobody wanted that salary, and, and I can't blame them. What I would say is that no team in the NFL should want Leonard Fournette for $4.4 million. That, that's very fair. Every team should want Leonard Fournette for over a million, under two. Every single team should be interested in Leonard Fournette at one or $2 million for one year. Every single team. It's true. I mean, this is a guy that on his day is one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, when he's healthy. Yeah. Like when he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to hear some of the landing spots that I've heard? Yes. Okay. I've heard the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which makes a lot of sense. There's so I've much heard... entropy. <laughs> well, I think anybody who drafted Leonard Fournette already would be thrilled if he went from the shitty Jaguars to the big boys in the box. That would be, I mean, sort of a dream come true. Speaking as a, as a Leonard Fournette owner, I would be pretty happy. I mean, I'd be pretty conflicted because then I have to root for Tom Brady, basically, to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette. And True. You, Leonard would have, Fournette. you would have to root for Tom Brady, and I would love every second of it. Um, I've heard the Miami Dolphins, which also makes a lot of sense. I've heard the Chicago Bears as a like-for-like replacement for David Montgomery. And there are a couple more teams that I've, that I've heard, one of them being just this morning. All three would be nuclear for fantasy. I'll start with probably the least nuclear, but for me personally, it would be pretty nuclear. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've heard that. That would be nuts. That would be something. James Conner's fantasy value would tank. Yep. It would be in the shitter, in the total shitter. Um, the next nuclear option is the Philadelphia Eagles Ooh. with Miles Sanders now week to week. You bring Leonard Fournette in there. Anybody who's on Miles Sanders is going to just be ready to jump off a cliff because he, he, he would basically be in a timeshare all over again. Yep. And then finally, the most nuclear of nuclear options, the Kansas City Chiefs. That would be phenomenal. I would love every second of that. <laughs> Adam. I we are say- not in the business of being petty towards Clyde Edwards-Alaire. No, I'm but- not. <laughs> No, I'm just spe- not even about Clyde Edwards. I'm speaking personally. I would personally love every second of that as a person who. Oh, well, said, as an owner of Leonard Fournette, yes, you would be quite thrilled about that. Yeah, I would. I, where do I sell my soul to get this option? Which, <laughs> which vendor do I sell my soul to? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, these are all possibilities that make a ton of sense. If I had to put my money 
on one spot where I think he would go. I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins. Oh, great. Because I think that's the team that could use him the most. Yeah. Uh, I like one team that you didn't mention. I think the Rams would be a good landing spot for him. Potentially, yeah. Because they're not going to be – I mean, they don't have a lot of cap space as is, but they're not going to be paying a lot of money anyway. See, I think the I think the problem with the Rams though is they just spent a second round pick on Cam Akers. They just spent that second round pick, That's and true. basically you're telling him that, oh, we don't think you're ready. We're going to bring in a guy that is more established than you are, and they just cut an injury prone, expensive running back in Todd Gurley. So why would they bring in a not as expensive? But injury-prone running back. It, it, just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I see what you mean on that. Um, I think it, it's kind of a pipe dream because I, I kind of agree with your, with your rationale for the Rams here that they just don't want to get somebody that is so similar to uh, Todd Gurley who might not be as injury-prone, but – Okay, he doesn't um, so, have a degenerative knee condition. Okay. I'm t- well, it's it's still a similar situation that they yes. would be having before. Yes. It, I'm it, about to agree with you. You don't need to you don't need to uh to make fun of me. No, I thought I thought you were going to go off on a di- on a different path. I apologize. Yes. It, it, it's it's different but it's similar. I can there's one thing I can guarantee is that while I am editing this podcast, Leonard Fournette will sign with a team. Well, then I'll have to record something. We'll have to record something very quickly then. Yeah. Well, I will say, and I, th- I think this is something that we need to talk about before we move on to talking about their wide, the wide receivers. Now, if you have a draft tonight, where are you drafting Leonard Fournette? Where are you drafting Raquel Armstead, who now is probably the starter in Jacksonville? And where are you drafting Chris Thompson? who now is probably in line for 55, 60 catches this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the million dollar question. I think I'm not drafting Raquel Armstead or Chris Thompson over Leonard Fournette. I, I would still rather have Fournette, but for me, I'm not taking Leonard Fournette until ninth round. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to fall pretty far in drafts. Oh, he's going to, he's, he's going to tank. He's going to yeah. tank. And someone who takes him is going to get an incredible value if he yeah. signs somewhere where he can return value. Now, I will say, with the exception of maybe Miami, but I still think he would be in a committee there, I don't see a spot for him where he's going to walk in and be the RB1. Potentially Tampa. Potentially. But he, well, even I, then, yeah. I don't. I, I don't necessarily see it. I think I still think he's better than Ronald Jones. I think he he, he probably he, is. I guess if we're basing, it's just it's it's weird. I thought you were going to say whoever picks Leonard Fournette is going to get a, an incredible amount of shit from everybody else in the draft room. Oh, pro- oh, probably. But you know what? I think at the end of the day, also, Leonard Fournette is. You're getting an incredible value there. So if it pans out, it pans out. And if it doesn't, then you cut your losses. So let's talk about Alvin Kamara because this is like a – this is another thing that 
uh, you know, we did say that we were going to have two stories, but actually, this is this is a third one that is pretty that has the potential to uh, to be very much a powder keg, in the sense that it 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 has the potential to blow up. Uh, Alvin Kamara sat out yesterday's practice, Monday's practice, with his third in a row. His third in a row, and it was not injury related, which is good news for Alvin Kamara owners, but it was contract related. So, I think Alvin Kamara is really, you know, he he knows his value, and uh, this is a situation where he'll uh, he's holding out, but. I don't know how for how long because the new CBA really has a lot of deterrence in there for holdouts with with the amount of fines and thing and things of that nature. So I will. Uh, it's worth watching to see what's going on with the Alvin Kamara situation. Well, from what I've heard, that the sides have been talking about an extension. This is not something that's new. To the Saints, they know that Alvin Kamara would like a new contract on top of the final year of his rookie deal. Um, So I don't think there's much to really worry about. I will say, however, if you are sitting in the middle of a draft and you see Alvin Kamara sliding, you take him. You still take Alvin Kamara. He will not change in my rankings at all. I think that he will be on the field week one. I think this gets done. And I think Alvin Kamara very much will be a member of the Saints for this season. And pending health will play in in 16 games. And now the real question now turns to guys like Dalvin Cook, turns to guys like Joe Mixon. What are their contract situations looking like? Do they potentially try and hold that? I think think there's more likely an instance where Joe Mixon – holds out more than Dalvin Cook does. I think Dalvin Cook tried that already, didn't really work, and this, the sides, they know it needs to get done, and, and it either will get done or it won't get done, and Dalvin Cook will be a free agent after the year, and you know that's that, pending he's not tagged. Same with Joe Mixon. I think that the Bengals know that they don't have Joe Mixon here it could be a potentially very dangerous little situation for uh, for Joe Burrow. So they need to get their franchise running back locked down, get that done. And they, he's dealing with migraines too. So that's also been a, a potential, you know, cog in, in plans, you know, when it comes to him practicing and all that. But um, I think the teams know that Mixon and Cook need to be taken care of. And the question is, you know, do those deals get done? But I would say that Mixon probably is most likely holdout between himself, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara. And I think the Alvin Kamara deal will get done. Yeah, I think that Dalvin Cook doesn't have as much leverage as Joe Mixon does just because Alexander Madison did did very well in Dalvin Cook's absence last year. And the Vikings could just say, well, you know, we like you. And – we're we're able to offer you this contract, but if you're not going to take it, we can we're kind of fine. Like Alexander Madison is not Dalvin Cook, but I think the Vikings are like, well, you know, we have this guy here, you know, Alexander Madison is still pretty solid. Yeah, I th- I think Dalvin Cook is definitely. I mean, I I say this obviously with a very very small grain of salt that uh, Dalvin Cook might be more expendable than Joe Mixon is. 
in terms of the Vikings have a like-for-like replacement on their roster already. It's, it's Alexander Madison. And if it's not Alexander Madison, it's Mike Boone. Whereas with the Bengals, yeah, they have Rodney Anderson, who they drafted last year out of Oklahoma, and they, they happen to like a lot. But then you have Gio Bernard, and that's yeah. kind of it. So I would say the, the replacement options for Minnesota are much better than they are for, for Cincinnati. And, and that's my reasoning as to why I, I just think Dalvin Cook is a lot more expendable than, than Joe Mixon is. Yeah. All right. So let's move on here to the wide receivers. And yes. this is part two. And we are still, yet again, basing our rankings off of the Fantasy Pros rankings. And we, are, we covered tiers one through four last episode. And now we are doing tiers five six and seven and the there are a lot of receivers in each tier so it's going to be a pretty pretty meaty episode and there is some good talent here uh tier five let's start off with that tier five is receivers 26 to 38 and that is ty hilton stefan diggs tyler boyd jarvis landry michael gallup marquise hollywood brown aj green julian edelman Marvin Jones Jr., Will Fuller V, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk, and Jamison Crowder. So, tier. yes, a lot of players that are kind of out of the out of uh, their usual spots, or the spots that they have been a couple years ago. You know, you look at T.Y. T- Hilton, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks. These are players that are used to being in higher tiers. And for one reason or another, they're here in tier five. Yeah, I mean, I think this tier is pretty easy to to break down. For me, I, I think this is a, a pretty simple tier. You want me to go or do you want to go first? You can go first. That's fine. All right. So I think my sleeper is Michael Gallup. My breakout is Marquise Brown, and my bust is Stephon Diggs. My bust is AJ Green. My sleeper, yeah, I know it's very easy choice. My sleeper is also Michael Gallup, and my breakout is Christian Kirk. Now, that has nothing to do with the fact that you own Christian Kirk, right? No, no, not at all. Maybe a little. <laughs> um, well, I think with Michael Gallup, it, it's very easy that Mike McCarthy has come out and said that he believes that Michael Gallup is not a number two wide receiver. He believes that Michael Gallup is a number one wide receiver, that he thinks that he's been so impressed with Michael Gallup that he's just a very, very, very easy choice to potentially have a huge year. This is a guy that was a 1,000-yard receiver last year playing opposite of Amari Cooper and people that are so scared about, oh, that looks could be taken away from, from Gallup and Co- or Cooper and given to CeeDee Lamb. I think the complete opposite. I think that Amari – I think that uh, Dak Prescott could be leaning very heavily on those trio receivers along with giving Ezekiel Elliott the touches that he obviously requires to change games. And I'm not really worried about the Cowboys offense and 
how everything sort of splits. I think the Cowboys offense is going to be, is going to be just fine. It's going to be a juggernaut. And I think it's going to be very, very good for fantasy. As for Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, it's plain and simple. He plays in the most explosive offense, potentially in the national football league with the Baltimore Ravens. His quarterback is Lamar Jackson. He's the ultimate deep threat that the Ravens have. And there are a lot of people who have been very impressed with Hollywood Brown over the course of the preseason. He's packed on some pounds, so that that helps. And he, the, the kid could still flat out fly. So if you're telling me he's added on some weight, some muscle, but he could still flat out fly, that is a problem for defenses to try and contain. That is a real, real, real problem. And it really comes down to Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown figuring out, you know, the, the timing and, and everything like that. But even then, Marquise Brown still had a pretty solid year last year with seven touchdowns. Like, that's ridiculous in very limited opportunity to really show himself. He only had 46 receptions last year, but seven touchdowns. That's insane. It's almost one out of every seven catches that he had was a touchdown. That's bonkers. I know. It's uh, absolutely crazy. And then as for Stephon Diggs, I think it's pretty simple. Um, I just don't think he'll see the volume that's necessarily required to be you know, an elite upper echelon receiver. I think he's a very good receiver. Uh, he's one of the best route runners in the National Football League, and he will definitely help Josh Allen in real-life terms, no doubt about it. But I think for fantasy – I question the kind of production that he will have on a week-to-week basis. He kind of, he kind of reminds me as a guy that I just would have an issue with trying to figure out whether or not I can start him on a week-to-week basis. And I think he really comes down if he's like, if he's like the team that we had in our draft the other night. If he's your fourth receiver, then you're absolutely fine. You're 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 good with that. But if he's like your third receiver or your second receiver and you have to rely on him and you have to play the game of, Oh, I don't like this matchup this week, or I love this matchup that next week. And then I love I hate this matchup the following week. You know, it's, it's a tough game to play, you know, not knowing exactly when to play him and when to sit him because Stefan Diggs is always a threat to go off. He always is because he's just that talented, but you know, you look at the situation that they're in Buffalo, they want to run the ball. Josh Allen, yeah, he could throw the ball deep, obviously. He's got probably the best arm in the National Football League. It's not named Patrick Mahomes. So I urge fantasy owners just be cautious when going and drafting Stephon Diggs, and I will say that he's not going to be the guy that he was in Minnesota. Well, I think just because Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback throwing the ball than Josh Allen is. That's debatable. No, well, not not just arm strength, but just accuracy as well. Okay, so we're okay. So you could say that Kirk Cousins is a more accurate passer than Josh Allen. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, everything else, Josh Allen takes the cake. Yes, that's why I had to qualify it. Yes, Kirk Cousins is a more accurate passer than Josh Allen. Yes, but so, every, everything else, Josh Allen is a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. All right, tier six, and this is. Wide receivers, 39 to 53. We have Deontay Johnson, Sterling Shepard, John Brown, Anthony Miller, 
Emmanuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, Darius Slayton, C.D. Lamb, Golden Tate, Preston Williams, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Jalen Rieger, and Mecole Hardman. This tier is, I like, this tier is very underrated. There are a lot of rookies in this tier. The top three rookies that, that were drafted in this draft, that were in this draft, are here, along with, uh, with Jalen Rieger, who uh, had a bit of a shoulder issue that we talked about on Sunday. But I, I like this tier a lot as far as uh, sleeper potential for these receivers. I agree. I agree. There are a lot of sleepers in this uh, in this tier. I mean, I really don't think there's – I know. I take that back. I take that back. There is a bust here that I can, that I can talk about. Yeah, I have a bust here also. You can go first for this one. Okay. I think that my sleeper is Preston Williams. My breakout is Jerry Judy. And then my bust is Sterling Shepard. Interesting. That's very, very interesting. So my bust is Emmanuel Sanders. My sleeper is Henry Ruggs. And my breakout is Deontay Johnson. That's interesting. So I guess I'll, I'll go first. So go uh, my sleeper and Preston Williams, first of all. Uh, Preston Williams is a, a receiver that did very well with the Dolphins for the, the brief time that he was in the spotlight until he had the unfortunate ACL injury in the game against the Jets. But I think uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick really uh, showed a liking to him in this offense. And Preston Williams is one of those guys that has, you know, he has big game potential where he can, where he can have big games in since Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starting quarterback in 2020 for the Dolphins until Tua overtakes him. Uh, I like Preston Williams as a uh, sleeper heading into the 2020 season. And then uh, Jerry Judy as my breakout, Jerry Judy, the high, highly touted wide receiver coming out of Alabama, being drafted by the Broncos. You know, we're both pretty high on Drew Locke coming into, into 2020. And I think that the Broncos offense is actually going to be pretty solid uh, going into this season, especially you have Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Noah Fan at tight end. I really, really like the direction that the Broncos offense is heading. And then for Sterling Shepard, I think that Sterling Shepard is one of those guys that people think that he's going to turn the corner at some point, but he just never has, whether it's been performance issues or injury issues. Uh, he's clearly not Daniel Jones's favorite, favorite target. That is Darius Slayton, certainly. And um, yeah, I'm just not like, too crazy about Sterling Shepard. And I think that depend it, this is one of those things where like it depends on where you're on where you live. Because I'm sure you're gonna have some over optimistic Giants fan picking Sterling Shepard. But uh yeah I'm not crazy about him at all. See you, I mean everything you said about Sterling Shepard I completely agree with because I think I would rather have 
Darius Slayton and Golden Tate over Sterling Shepard. And, and in the Fantasy Pros rankings, uh, Darius Slayton and Golden Tate are ranked lower than Sterling Shepard is. Um, as for my boss being Emmanuel Sanders, I think he, he he's a pretty big name. And I think people are going to overdraft him because his name is, of course, Emmanuel Sanders, and he is now playing with the New Orleans Saints. So I, I just think that that's a situation I just want absolutely no part of. Uh, as for my breakout being Deontay Johnson, the Steelers have been calling for a number two receiver opposite of Juju Smith-Schuster. Deontay Johnson has fit that profile so, so well. He's looked pretty good in training camp as well, and I think he's going to have a prime opportunity being the number two outside receiver for Ben Roethlisberger in the Pittsburgh Steelers offense to really, really produce some very nice numbers this season. So uh, Deontay Johnson, very easy breakout pick for me. And my sleeper being Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller was quietly outstanding the final couple of weeks of the 2019 season. You look back at his game log, the real number that stands out was week 13. He had nine receptions for a buck 40. And then week 15, nine catches for a buck 18 and a touchdown. So you got three weeks, three weeks right there of Anthony Miller really producing at a pretty high level. And the bears, it's much of the same story as the Steelers. They're looking for another guy to emerge in that offense outside of Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller fits the profile very, very well. And he has the easiest strength of schedule for wide receivers in the 2020 season. So when you look at Anthony Miller, you definitely see a bit of a sleeper there as someone that you can draft. I drafted him in the 15th round, something like that. You can get him very, very late, and he could be a guy that produces some very nice numbers for your fantasy team. Yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, our last tier, tier seven. And this tier should be called, oh, how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) So we're going from 54 to 72, and it's Justin Jefferson, Curtis Samuel, Rashad Perriman, Alan Lazard, Brandon Ayuk, Nikhil Harry, Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, Paris Campbell, Sammy Watkins, Michael Pittman, Larry Fitzgerald, James Washington, Hunter Renfro, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, D.D. Westbrook, Alshon Jeffrey, and LaVisca Chanel. Yes, oh, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, look at, look at these names that are in this tier. Robbie yeah. Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, Sammy Watkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Randall Cobb, Corey Davis, Alshon hey, Jeffrey. Hey, 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 hey. Do not talk slander about Corey Davis. Getting closer to the mic. I'm grabbing it right now. Adam Gaster. Remember how I told you that everyone would need to hide if on Johnson somehow has an unbelievable year? Yeah. Okay. All right. Everyone would need to hide if Corey Davis has an unbelievable year. Everyone would need to hide because I would be, I'd be insufferable. Yeah, I can imagine. Some would even say relentless. Some would probably be me. I would probably say that. 
No, I think you just called me a dickhead. Honestly. A relentless dickhead. Sure. <laughs> uh, all right. So sleeper breakout bus. Is it my turn to go first? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say my sleeper is Michael Pittman. My breakout is Robbie Anderson. And my bust is – I hate to do this because I love him so much as a player, but Larry Fitzgerald. You think Robbie so, Anderson's finally going to break out? Well, I mean, he's back with his old coach that he played with at Temple, Matt Roll. They mm-hmm. know each other very, very well. And I think that's going to really help Robbie Anderson potentially. And I'm not going to say he's going to be a wide receiver too or anything like that. But can he be very productive in the Panthers offense? Absolutely. He's one of the only true big-bodied receivers that the Panthers have right now. And he's going to be on the field a lot for Carolina. So if you're looking for a guy later in drafts that produces and has some interesting upside, Robbie Anderson can be that. As for Michael Pittman, now this is someone that I'm very bullish on because I think that Michael Pittman has everything that Phillip Rivers looks for in a receiver. He's tall. He's got ups. He has great hands. He's a physical receiver. And when I heard from a couple people that uh, are connected within the Colts, there was a scrimmage that took place over the weekend where Michael Pittman had a couple drops on very, very easy passes, but he made three or four contested catches that blew people away. So that suggests to me that Phillip Rivers and Michael Pittman are trying to establish something there, and that at least for right now, Michael Pittman is the guy that could be starting opposite T.Y. Hilton week one, given the injury issues right now to guys like Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal. So if both those guys are not ready to go week one, Michael Pittman's going to be thrown right out there. And Michael Pittman could see some serious, serious involvement in the Indianapolis Colts offense and really give be given an opportunity to show what he's got. And as for Larry Fitzgerald, it's pretty simple. He's had an unbelievable NFL career. Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, but he's just not someone that is contributing in fantasy in, in 2020. His The sun has set, as they say, on Larry Fitzgerald's time being a reliable fantasy asset. So, uh, yeah, do not do not draft Larry Fitzgerald. Let him sit in your waiver wire, and that's just sort of that. I'm, I'm like, on the verge of tears. I know. <laughs> It's like you're giving a eulogy to his career. <laughs> it's, uh, it's terrible. I'll be giving a eulogy for you when Corey Davis breaks out and becomes the wide receiver one. Oh, my God. I really hope he doesn't. Corey Davis. For not only your sake, but for the sake of my fantasy team. You mean for the sake of humanity? Yeah, well, that too. Because right. the, world will, the world will burn if I'm unhinged about Corey Davis. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So for me, my sleeper is Justin Jefferson. My breakout, uh, my breakout is Alan Lazard. Ooh, Alan Lizard. 
And then my bust is Alshon Jeffrey. So for sleepers, Justin Jefferson uh, going into a great situation in Minnesota with a uh, bit of a power vacuum at wide receiver two with the trading of Stefan Diggs. Uh, Justin Jefferson, he's part of the greatest college offense in history with the LSU Tigers and Joe Burrow. Uh, I think he's going to do well in, uh, in Minnesota in his first year. And then for my sleeper, Alan Lazard, uh, when Devontae Adams was injured in late in 2019, Alan Lazard really filled in pretty well in Green Bay. And he is one of the, one of the uh, targets in Green Bay that I think that Aaron Rodgers likes a fair amount. And the fact of the matter is, is that if Devontae Adams can't stay on the field or if Devontae Adams uh, just gets taken out of a game one week, then Alan Lazard is the kind of receiver that Aaron Rodgers likes. Yes, Bird? Did you just say Devontae Adams be taken out of a game? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It would never happen because there, there is no corner in the world that can cover Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is my son. You have three kids now. Oh, I have many children. I have many children. Devontae Adams is my son. I love him. Just the same as my others. Same as Joe Mixon. Same as Carrion Johnson. Same as Hunter Henry. Same as Corey Davis. Devontae Adams is my son. I have, I have five children that I know of right now. Maybe I'll have more. The paternity tests haven't come in yet. We have some breaking news. Uh, C.D. Lamb is my son now, too. That's six. Six children. The family is just ever-growing. If you have two more, you can be an octodad. I'm sure I'll find two more. All right. The paternity test has come back on, are you the father of Andy Dalton? You are not the father. <laughs> and then last but not least, uh, my bust, Alshon Jeffrey. This is another guy we talked not about. Not his father either. No. Yeah, no, definitely not. No. Uh, this is, we talk about this a lot where it's, this is, this is a name and nothing more. Um, he's going to be drafted. He's going to be overdrafted based on name value by a fair amount of people just because it's Alshon Jeffrey. And yeah, it's just not going to work out for him. He, Jalen Rieger is going to be, I mean, pending injury, Jalen Rieger is going to be the number one in the, in the Eagles offense. And I just don't think that Alshon Jeffrey is worth even drafting. My real question for you, Adam, how the hell is Alshon Jeffrey still in Philadelphia? I know. We've been talking about, like, the past three years, it seems like we've been talking about Alshon Jeffrey getting traded out of Philadelphia. It's mind-boggling to me. It really is. I don't know how he's lasted this long. I don't know. He probably has pictures. He's got to have some sort of blackmail. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. All right, can we wrap this up, please? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Be sure to listen to our most recent episode, 
uh, before this where we had our we had a live recording of our fantasy draft and both of us had a really really fun time doing that uh this past sunday night so please listen to that give us a five-star review and let us know what you think about this episode in the comments if the if that sort of uh, mechanism is in place on the platform that you're listening on a little programming note we will be recording the grand final of the basement talk podcast quizvitational very soon so be on the lookout for that. Also, uh, later in this week, we will be talking about tight ends. Uh, will that be a two-parter, Mr. Birdsall? Nope. Nope. We'll be covering them all one episode because then next week, week one preview time. Yep. Very, very exciting stuff. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.